Hello and welcome to the Fierce Life Podcast with me, your host, Conceda Thomas. In today's show, we're going to tackle a topic that you guys are always asking about, and I brought on an expert. We're going to talk about belly fat, so everything you need to know about it, why we have it, how to get rid of it, how to not get it if you don't have it. Um, I'm talking to Dr. Jade Tita today, and it's going to be amazing, so Go ahead, get out your pen and paper, jam out to the show tunes, then meet us on the other side of the music. Welcome to The Fierce Life, presented by Conceda Thomas. This podcast is designed to give you the food and fitness strategies, tools, and inspiration that you need to create sustainable results without making the process a second job. You will save the mental and emotional energy that's normally drained by this process and instead use that energy to live your most fierce life. Hey, Fierce Friend, before we jump into the episode, a quick reminder that at this point, I have just a handful of spots left for you if you're interested in working with me in a one-on-one coaching capacity this summer. Spots are filling, so if you're ready to get some help implementing the things that you've been listening to and learning on this podcast, then now is the time to go ahead and claim your spot. All you have to do is go to conceitathomas.com slash ready to connect to set up a connection call. There's no pressure. We're just going to hop on the phone. We're going to chat. We're going to see if it's a match and whether or not working together one-on-one is the right next step for you. All right, let's get into the episode. Prepare to have your mind blown because Dr. Jade Tita definitely dropped some serious, serious gems that will challenge everything you thought you knew about losing belly fat on this episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of The Fierce Life. We are talking about belly fat today, and I have um, Dr. Jade Tita here with me, who is actually an expert when it comes to fat loss and specifically female hormones. You've probably heard of them, but just in case you haven't, Jade, can you tell my fierce friends a little bit about who you are? Hey, Conceda, what's going on? So happy to be here. Good to see you. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, the best way to think about me, I guess, is I'm kind of what is probably best described as a hybrid health and fitness professional. So started as a personal trainer, 25 years in that field, mostly weight loss and mostly women. And then I went to uh, natural medicine school. So I have a degree in naturopathic medicine. For those of you who don't know that designation, they basically train primary care physicians in lifestyle, alternative, and complementary medicine. And so I have my license in Washington State and in California. And most of what I do in that realm is uh, hormone replacement therapy, testosterone replacement therapy, nutrition, um, that kind of thing. And then the final thing to know about me is I've been, uh, you know, studying psychology and philosophy since probably the the age of 18. And so I I bring an awful lot of, uh, you know, sort of the psychology of change, the biology of belief, and sort of how we uh, can get better as individuals. And so put all those things in a blender and you have an idea of what I do. Wow, that's super impressive. So basically, you know what you're doing and you can make like cool, like alliteration, the biology of belief. That's the first time I've heard that one, Jay. I follow your stuff, but that's the first time I heard you that. You know, I, I think I stole that from someone. It's not mine, but it's a, it's a good term. Well, it sounded good. You, you said yeah. it well. So you that. That's okay. Nothing's ever new. So that's all right. Exactly. 
So, Jade, so this is obviously a hot topic. I mean, this is a hot topic all year round, but like right now at the date that we're recording this, I'm literally sweating in Texas. Like it's <laughs> people care about belly fat. So um, how do you know, Jade, though, really like what's the difference between having a belly fat issue and just having a overall my body fat is too high, period, for my taste, for my aesthetic? You know, how do we know if we really have a belly fat issue? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I'll start out by telling you guys about a study that was done on women with high waist to hip ratios. Okay, so essentially what that means is that science speak for higher belly, high amounts of belly fat. And what we now know, and we've known for some time, is that a higher waist to hip ratio or more belly fat is associated with higher levels of cortisol and stress hormones. And uh, what's really interesting is you can have someone who's relatively thin looking, yet has a higher waist to hip ratio. And we oftentimes think of belly fat as something that is the person's overweight and they have belly fat. And that is certainly true. But you can also have people who are normal weight and even slightly underweight who actually have higher waist to hip ratios or more storage around the middle. And so your question was, what's the real difference? I mean, when you store fat, you're going to store fat all over the body, including the belly. And, uh, but oftentimes that belly fat can be a little bit more stubborn for several reasons. And mainly because belly fat is more associated with hormones than any other type of fat, really. And so when we think about fat gain and fat loss, we have to think of two things. One, we have to think of calories. So a calorie deficit, low calories will help you lose weight. But also, if the hormones are not correct, some of that weight weight might be muscle and some of it might be fat. So we also have to take the hormones into account. And by the way, when I say hormones, I mean things like insulin and hunger hormones like leptin and ghrelin including hormones that everyone else thinks about, like estrogen, progesterone, cortisol, and testosterone. So weight gain or weight loss is really about calories and hormones. And so when we talk about belly fat in particular, we're talking about both of those things, but it leans a little bit more towards being able to change your hormones. So the two big hormones that are mostly responsible for belly fat are going to be the stress hormone cortisol and the hormone insulin. And so really when we talk about belly fat, we're talking about the idea that some people store fat in this area as a result of imbalances in hormones. And so we have to uh, take care. And I'll give you one example and then I'll shut up so you guys can sort of understand how this works. But imagine someone with belly fat and they, and whether they're fat or whether they're thin and they just go on a low calorie or low carbohydrate diet. This can be somewhat stressful to the physiology. And what we know is that sometimes when you cut calories and or you cut carbohydrates and or you exercise way too much and or if you're sleep deprived, any of these kinds of things or emotional stress, you're going to raise the stress hormone cortisol. And this can slow the release of fat from the belly. And so just to be clear, if you're losing weight, if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to be losing some fat, you could be losing some muscle, and you're definitely going to be losing belly fat as well. But imagine your arms, your legs, your butt, all of them are losing fat at a faster rate 
then your belly is losing fat. And so there's an illusion that the belly's actually perhaps getting bigger. And this is what we want to avoid when we're trying to lose weight. Likewise, if you're gaining fat, you can have a situation due to hormones where you're gaining fat all over the body, but you're gaining it faster in the middle. And so those who are suffering with belly fat need to be aware of this. Hmm. So hopefully that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So basically, first of all, hip to no waist to hip ratio is a huge indicator if yep. you've got a belly fat issue, right? And then the reason why we, we end up having this issue is because it's not just the calorie thing. If we indeed have an abundance of belly fat compared to the rest of the body, it's not just about how we're eating. It's also about our hormones. And you, you even gave us some reasons why our hormones could be a little bit off in that area. So I think you kind of answered my next question, which is why it's, it's stubborn for some and not so much for others. And it all comes back to the hormones. And I'm talking to JT, so I shouldn't be surprised that it all comes back to the hormones. So are there things, so what if, if I'm listening to this podcast, right? And I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't have a belly fat issue based on what he's just defined. Like, but I don't want to get it. Maybe I noticed that the women or even the men in my family, when we're younger, we don't have a belly fat issue, but as we get older, we have it. Like, are there some things, I mean, we blame genetics for a lot, but I tend to believe that a lot of what we experience is lifestyle. So like, are there some things that we could do to avoid getting in that position? Yeah, absolutely. And the first, the first thing that you can do with belly fat is understand the different areas that you need to focus on with the metabolism. Most people think that the metabolism is just about diet and exercise. It really isn't. And actually, diet and exercise are the least important. Um, and I'll explain that here in just a minute. Most people think that, uh, and they actually put exercise first, right? So they're like, if I just exercise more, I'm feeling overweight, it's springtime, I'm just going to go for a jog. And I should be able to burn the calories and lose weight. And this really is not the way it works, and most people get this all wrong. Now, if people are a little more savvy, then they go, no, 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 it's not about exercise, it's about diet. But the truth is, those two are less important than two other things. And I want to explain this to everyone, because if you don't get this right, you won't be able to deal with belly fat. And you won't be able to deal with body fat in general, because you won't be able to keep it off. And so the way to think about this and visualize this is think of a pyramid, and think of four blocks. So we all know there's the base of the pyramid, there's sort of the middle of the pyramid, and then there's the peak of the pyramid, the base being the most important, and then less and less important as you go up to the peak. Well, the base of the pyramid, and I call this the four M's, M as in Mary, of metabolism. Mindset is the base of the pyramid. Movement is the next tier up. Meals, which is what you're eating, diet, is next. And least important but not unimportant is metabolics, which is exercise, anything you're doing to stimulate the metabolism. And that also includes things like supplements and drugs. And so most people don't understand this. Mindset is first, movement is next, meals next, and last is metabolics or exercise. So mindset, let's tackle that first because when I say mindset, you can also think of mindfulness. Anything that reduces stress, because the metabolism at its core is really just one big stress barometer. Its job is to measure stress in the outside world and then 
tell the inside world how to respond to that stress. So for example, if the metabolism looks out into the outside world and says, hey, there's not a whole lot of food around, what's it going to do? It's going to cause hunger and cravings. It's also going to decrease your energy levels to conserve, right? And so anytime the metabolism sees less food supply, it is going to put forth a reaction. And so that is a stress reaction. So first of all, we need to know, how do I know when I'm stressed? Because it's not whether I'm stressed at work or feeling emotional turmoil. When you are hungry, when you are having cravings, when your energy is unstable and unpredictable, when your performance starts to fall in the gym, when your recovery is inadequate from the gym, when your libido goes away, when you have mood issues and digestive issues, these are all biofeedback signals that your metabolism is under stress. And what you want to do is come back to that mindset and mindfulness piece and do everything you can to reduce that stress on the system so that you're no longer hungry and you don't overeat calories. You're no longer craving and you don't overeat calories. And the metabolism says, hey, I feel good. I can burn up my fat stores because I'm not in trouble and I'm not going to starve. What are those things? Those things are anything that makes you basically go woo-saw, relax, right? That's walking in particular, especially walking in the woods or green settings, those things lower stress hormones, not power walking, because that's a little bit too much like aerobics, and that will raise stress hormones, but slow, relaxing, stop and smell the roses type of walking, especially in the green settings. They've done some pretty cool things in Japan where they've studied this. In Japan, they, they have what they call Shinrin-yoku, which roughly translates as bathing in the forest, which basically means like walking in green settings. And what they showed is that walking in a city setting will lower cortisol levels and stress, but walking in a green setting lowers stress way more. So going to your local park after work and walking before you get home could perhaps lower stress and lower cravings and lower hunger and help with your belly fat. What else would you want to be looking at? Anything that relaxes you. So maybe the spa, massage, even self-massage like foam rolling and that kind of stuff. Um, calling your mother or your father or a loved one or your significant other. As long as they don't stress you out. You don't want to call people you have difficult relationships with. You want to call people to make you feel good and where you can connect. That lowers. Relaxing music lowers stress, especially classical music and sort of spa-based music. Those things work great. Meditation is wonderful for this. Sex and physical affection, another wonderful thing. And pets have also been shown to lower stress, as long as they're not peeing and pooping on your floor and they are fun to be around. Also, hot water therapies, sauna therapies, long showers, baths, all this kind of stuff. So here's the question that I'll ask you, Concita. So think about it this okay. way. How many, pe- how many people do you know that when they're, they're dealing with belly fat and they can't lose weight, how many people do you, go, you know that go, wow, I should take a nap today or I should go to the spa and get a massage or I should – Go for a leisurely walk. Um, Not very. I mean, like very few, less than one percent. Yeah, very few, right? And this is yeah. the this is the point when you're dealing with belly fat and you know the cause of it. Stress management becomes the most important thing. And I'll say one more thing about this because it's going to come up in the movement section as well. Walking is particularly beneficial for belly fat for two reasons. Slow, relaxing, leisurely or leisurely if you're in the UK walking, slow walking reduces 
cortisol levels. But walking also is an amazing way to sensitize the whole body to insulin without also stimulating stress hormones. Usually when you exercise intensely, you'll lower insulin levels and you'll, low, and you'll become more sensitive to insulin, but you also raise cortisol levels. Walking is one of the only types of activity that actually sensitizes the body to insulin and lowers cortisol levels. So it is the best belly fat exercise. It's really not exercise, it's movement, which brings me to the next piece of this. Mindfulness comes first, walking is a big component of that, and walking has its own block, which is the movement block. Both mindfulness and movement are more important than diet and exercise. Now, this is confusing for people because they go, but Jade, why are you separating movement like walking from movement like defined structured exercise? And the reason why is because researchers in metabolism have studied what they call non-exercise activity thermogenesis, N-E-A-T. Sometimes it's called non-exercise associated thermogenesis. Sometimes it's called non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Essentially, this big word just means activities of daily living. Mm -hmm. That is a much bigger component of your changeable metabolism than structured exercise. As a matter of fact, NEAT, all this activity you just do throughout the day, walking, fidgeting, taking out the garbage, doing the laundry, washing the dishes, all of taking the steps, parking further away, this is about 15 to 20% of your changeable metabolism. Meanwhile, exercise is only about 5%. In other words, if you have an individual who sits all day at, in, in their office and then goes and does a 30-minute workout, they are going to fare worse in terms of belly fat and weight loss than someone who walks all day and moves all day but doesn't go exercise. And this is what the research is now telling us for most people. And this is why movement needs to be considered separately from exercise. This is why, you know, I have a Fitbit tracker on. A lot of people use activity trackers. It's not that these things are, there's been a debate, are they, are they accurate and things like that? No, actually, they're not that, that accurate, most of them. However, they do tell you if you're doing a good job moving around throughout the day. Because if, if we were all living in natural settings, we would be moving constantly. And if you think about the old world Europeans, right, they, uh, the interesting thing about them is you didn't see them out there doing CrossFit, doing interval training, or going for jobs. They were also very thin, though, because they moved a lot. And so those two components, when it comes to belly fat, are much more important than diet and exercise. Now, I'll stop there and see if you have any questions, but then I want to cover meals and metabolics so we can kind of finish out this discussion. But does that make sense, or do you have anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. Um, I actually have a client who we work together one-on-one, -on -one, and that is how she achieved her transformation, over 50 pounds. And people always think I'm lying, but you just gave the science behind it. All we did was stress reduction stuff. She had a daily step um, target that she had to meet, and that would go up. And we did, we did pay attention to food because that was a big thing for her, but not exercising in the formal way or doing metabolics was huge for not then triggering her appetite. She was a busy entrepreneur. She had a lot of other stress and that's all we did. And I'm, I mean, I've had people say outright that they didn't believe it, but I've had people 
I know they're like, really? That's all she did. But it makes so much sense. And, and Conceda, I've seen that over and over again myself, um, you know, through tens of thousands of clients. By the way, when you look at this pyramid, right, each step up causes more stress. That's what's interesting, right? Because if you have to, what a lot of people don't understand is that when you're practicing mindfulness and all that, you're actually lowering stress. Walking actually lowers stress. But once you get up into diet, that can become stressful. And there is some research that's actually said the self-editing process that we go through when we're constantly stressing about what we're eating can be stressful in and of itself. And so when we talk about meals, you want to sort of look at this like you don't want to, you know you're not getting it right when you are constantly stressing over your diet. And guess what happens when you're stressing over your diet? What happens is you end up being good at times and then binging at other times. So I always say this, it doesn't matter that you can achieve 1,500 calories Monday through Friday if you end up eating 5,000 calories both Saturday and Sunday because you were trying to eat 1,500 calories Monday through Friday. And this is what people don't understand. The body doesn't work day to day. The body works over time. So if you end up consuming huge amounts of calories on the weekend as a result of trying to decrease your calorie intake during the week, this is actually working against you. Now, remember we talked about the idea of belly fat being both calorie and hormone-based. Well, food is really interesting because if you take a calories-first approach, right, there's two things required for weight loss, specifically fat loss, calorie reduction and hormone balance. Well, if you cut calories too low, guess what you're doing? You're throwing off hormone balance. So yes, we want calorie reduction, but we want it gentle and subtle, not severe and, you know, sort of all at once, right? And so in order I need to... You to... I need you to say that again, please. <laughs> I, I, I heard you, but I, I really <laughs> my fierce friends listening to this. Yeah to hear you and hear you well because you know that our social media feed is not that's not what they see that's not what they're inundated with so please yeah. again about the calorie reduction and subtly please say it again. yeah and i'll, I'll say i'll kind of say it in a different way here a healthy low calorie diet is neither healthy or low calorie if as a result of doing it you end up eating all the worst things later anyone can lose fat for a week, two weeks, even three months. But it is very rare that people can keep the weight off because they go to these extreme calorie-reducing states, which cause them then to go to extreme calorie intake states. What people don't realize is that the metabolism works like a boomerang. They don't understand that their habit of restricting calories so severely is causing their habit of binge eating and eating calories so severely. They also don't understand that their habit of running on the treadmill hour after hour is also causing their habit of eating cheesecake and burgers and fries in the next couple days after that. And this is what people don't put these two things together. They wonder, why am I constantly fighting against myself? Because you're doing this stuff all wrong. Extreme calorie deficits lead to extreme calorie intakes in almost all people. So what you want to do instead is you want a gentle, subtle calorie reduction that still keeps hunger, energy, and cravings balanced so that you can sustain this over time. This is absolutely critical. Now, there are certain macronutrients that you can eat that help to keep 
your hormones more balanced. It's not about cutting out carbs and it's not about cutting out fat. It's about instead focusing on the things that we know tend to balance hunger hormones and stress hormones. Those foods are going to be protein-rich foods, fiber-rich foods, and water-rich foods. And so I often talk about this as salads, soups, scrambles, and shakes that are relatively low in starch and low in fat, but they're very rich in water, fiber, which means vegetables or fruit, and protein. So soups, salads, scrambles, and shakes. Soups, salads, scrambles, and shakes. And by shakes, I mean protein shakes. And by scrambles, I mean egg scrambles and things like that, like frittatas and stuff. These things will keep you full. If you eat 90% of your meals in terms of soups, salads, scrambles, and shakes, and then add enough salt, sugar, fat, alcohol to your meals to make them enjoyable, but not too much, you will balance hormones and usually reduce your calorie intake. Now, here's the thing. Usually, not always, you know as a coach, Conceda, and I know as a coach that some people will eventually need to be looking after their calories. But, in, but rather than going after their calories first, it is far better for them to focus on soup, salad, scrambles, and shakes, get their hunger, energy, craving, sleep, mood, exercise recovery, exercise performance, et cetera, balanced, and then go back and say, you know what, I feel real, pretty good. I'm still not getting results, but I feel good. Now I can push on my metabolism a little bit more so it's not so severe. Instead, what people do is like cut my calories down to 1,000, do great for seven <laughs> days, and then binge on everything in sight for two weeks. And then they wonder why they got fat again. And this is the game that people are playing. So when it comes to meals, you have to understand they can be stressful if you do it the wrong way. You want to be more subtle and smart. And I just outlined the way that you can use food to both reduce calories and balance hormones rather than using food just to reduce calories while throwing hormones off. So I don't know if you have anything more to add there, but then I can go through the, the exercise discussion for belly fat. Now, I think the four S's, I think that was really helpful because no. it comes down to, like you said, a lot of times people are like, okay, but like, what do I eat? And I mean, you just gave us every single meal of the day. Scrambles, yep. salads, shakes, repeat. Yeah. Maybe yep. some stir fry too. Can we add stir fry in there? Yeah, absolutely. Stir fry is great, right? <laughs> think about stir fry, right? Because actually, yeah. And, and here's the thing. That I love that you brought up stir-fry because think about what stir-fry is. It's vegetables, it's protein, and it's enough fat and salt, but not too much fat and salt. That's why stir-fries are great. So maybe I should add another S here, right? Soup, salads, stir-fries, scrambles, and shakes. That's beautiful. It works really, really well, right? So yeah. that's what you want to focus on. Now, when it comes to metabolics, this would be exercise, this would be supplements, this would be things like drugs, which is what everyone focuses on first. You want to also be very careful. Like I said, some people's over-exercising habit is leading to their overeating habit. And this is very, very important for people to understand. So when it comes to metabolics, again, remember, we want to reduce calories and balance hormones. What's the best type of exercise that does that? It is weight training, some kind of weight-based exercise. We now know that if you use your exercise in a way that incorporates weight training done with short rest periods between the exercises, you can create both an aerobic cardiovascular effect and a muscle burning 
and straining effect. And this causes you to hang on to your muscle and burn specifically fat. Just doing Zumba and just doing exercise classes all the time. All that stuff is, by the way, don't get me wrong, that stuff is very healthy. It is, uh, it is very healthy. It's just not what's going to be great for weight loss and belly fat loss because it might burn calories, but it also tends to throw the hormones off. And so what you probably better off be doing is set up a circuit with four different weight training exercises, something like a squat, a shoulder press, a push-up, and a deadlift, and do 12 of each movement back to back to back to back, 12 squats. Once you finish those 12 squats, go to 12 deadlifts. Once you finish those 12 deadlifts, go to 12 push-ups. Once you finish those 12 push-ups, start 12 shoulder presses. And don't stop. Just keep going. Now, what's going to happen is at some point, if Conceda and I were doing this workout, you'd watch us. And at some point, we're going to have to stop because no one could just keep going like that forever in 20 minutes. She might start burning. I might start straining in my muscles. I might get overly breathless. I'm going to stop. I'm going to rest as long as I need to rest, and then I'm going to start up again. And by the way, I might rest before Conceda does, or she might rest before me, but we basically individualize this for us. By the way, you don't have to do it this way. You can do anything. CrossFit can work this way. Uh, you know, Traditional bodybuilding just kind of sped up. Traditional weight training. Even some of the classes like you know, um, body pump and those kinds of things that, that people will do can be used in this fashion but you want to be pushing weights around. And so just to repeat all this, the metabolism is a stress barometer. What we need to do is take the stress off the system so that we're not chasing our metabolism around. There's four things that you can do to make that happen. They are in a hierarchy. Mindfulness comes first. Lower stress through direct activities like napping, like walking, those kinds of things, like massage, like meditation. Next is realize that movement and exercise are separate, and movement, walking, is the best thing that can lower both stress hormones and sensitize the body to insulin. Shoot for 10,000 steps per day. Now, all of a sudden, the belly fat, which is all about hormones and calories, starts to take the stress load off, and your belly says, oh, I don't need to hold on to this stuff anymore. I'm not going into hibernation, and I can release some of this belly fat. And then you start looking at meals, diet, and you start realizing that, okay, well, if I focus on soup, salad, stir fries, scrambles, and shakes, right, I get a lot of protein, a lot of fiber, a lot of water, I shut down hunger, and I don't overdo some of the stressful stuff, some of the high-calorie stuff, like starch, sugar, fat, and alcohol. I can add enough of that stuff to make my meals taste good, but I don't want that to be the dominant form of what I do. And by the way, if I don't do the mindfulness piece and the movement piece, I'm far more likely to want more starch, sugar, alcohol, and fat. And then the exercise piece is all about weight training. Put that all together, and you start to have a situation where the body starts to release belly fat, and fat globally and belly fat. And I'll say one more thing because I know it's going to come up, and you're probably going to ask it, so maybe I'll prevent it or preempt it rather. And that is, Jade, can I get rid of belly fat? Should I do abdominal-type exercises? Should I do crunches? Should I do sit-ups? Should I do stuff like that? And I'll tell you, this is, again, um, it, it's just like, you know, everyone who's listening to this has an area of expertise that you could be teaching Conceda and I, right? I don't know. Maybe you're an engineer. You know, maybe you uh, work at the airport, and 
you know, load people on and off planes. And there's something that you know that you could teach us that no one else knows. Well, one thing that Conceda and I will teach you guys that you don't know is that abdominal work does absolutely nothing to burn fat. It is basically like trying to change your tire with a pencil. It is practically impossible to do. And so you simply cannot do that. You're going to lose the belly fat by looking after diet, meta uh, metabolics a little bit, but mostly mindfulness and movement. I would say you don't even need to do crunches. Everyone has a nice set of abs. They just are too fat for you to see it. And it doesn't matter how many crunches you do, you will never see it. So please stop believing that and take our word for it that this is a myth that people who are non-exercise experts simply don't get. It's a waste of time. Don't do it. Do weight training. Focus on the meals piece that we talked about. Really, really ramp up your mindfulness component and get your movement in order. You will never have to do one bit of abs. And you'll look at your friend who's doing hundreds and hundreds of crunches every day, and they're going to look at you and be like, wow, you're, you've lost a lot of inches around your waist. When are you doing your crunches? And you're going to be like, I don't do one crunch ever. And you know, it's funny. You know, I oftentimes, people oftentimes ask me, I, they, I lovingly uh, you know, am referred to by some of my friends as the fat guy with abs. I always have a six-pack, no matter how, how fat I get. And I haven't done crunches and sit-ups probably you know, in, to any degree since I was in high school. And it's partly because I understand this, this, this piece. So, hilarious. No, <laughs> thank you for the shout out for the ab work because I get that all the time. And even, yeah, hey, can we have more ab work? And I'm like, okay, because it's going to make you feel good. And meanwhile, I'm like, did you get your steps? So, yep. yeah, th thanks for that. Oh, my gosh. You did. You preempted my question. Look at you over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is what I was going to ask. That was my last question, Jade. I think you gave my fierce friends a ton to chew on. And um, around here, we, I mean, first of all, thank you for your time. Thank you for showing up. My pleasure. Up. Tell us, tell us where we can find you. If, if my fierce friends want to just kind of like follow you on social, follow your work. I know I have been for years. Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, you know, the best place to get me probably now is, is uh, Instagram at Jade Tita. And I have a Facebook handle at, at Jade Tita and jadetita.com. But if you want to get a sense of all the areas of my work, metabolism, mindset, you know, and sort of the strength and conditioning component, Instagram will be there uh, at JTita. And I'll just forewarn you, like, you'll get my whole personality on Instagram. So if you watch my stories, <laughs> you'll get a little bit of my four-year-old sense of humor. I post a lot of research studies. But uh, I like to connect with people there. And if you ask me questions there, that's probably the only place that on occasion I'll answer some DMs and stuff like that. But Conceda, I love yeah. you. Thank you so much for all your support and what you do. I appreciate you. Thank you, too. And by the way, guys, Jade didn't mention, but he also does have a podcast. So if you're obviously you're listening to this, you're into podcasts. So look him up on iTunes. He's over there, too. And you guys know, as we always say around here, once you learn something, you have got to do something. So your fierce follow through for today, should you choose to accept it, is to figure out how you can implement that first M which is going to be the mindset and the mindfulness piece. So the assignment is to write down your areas of stress and to also write down things that you can do besides eat that help you to relieve stress and then commit to doing those more as we always say.
say. You can let us know what you chose to do. And we can continue this conversation over in Conceda's Fierce Friends, which is my free support group for you on Facebook. You can become a fierce friend by going to concedathomas.com slash become a fierce friend. Also, Jay dropped so many knowledge bombs on this episode you're definitely going to want to visit the show notes page i have time markers over there so that in case there's something particular that you want to review you can get the timestamp for that that's at concedathomas.com slash ep53 that's slash ep53 finally on whichever podcast platform you're listening to this don't forget to subscribe so that you'll be notified when the next episode airs and if you would leave a rating and review i'd greatly appreciate it until next time fierce friend stay fierce you're ready to master your motivation keep your head in the game and get the results that you deserve and i have just the thing to help you boost your mood and wrap yourself in motivation every single day Visit the Conceda Thomas Apparel Shop today to get your motivational tanks, tees, and mugs. Be sure to use the promo code FIERCEFRIEND for a discount on your first order of $25 or more. You can visit the shop at ConcedaThomas.com slash apparel. Are you sick and tired of starting over when it comes to your healthy eating? Have all your failed attempts got you wondering why you can't seem to stick to anything long enough to get results and definitely not to keep results? Listen, it's not you. It's the diet. Giving up your favorite dishes just to lose weight doesn't last. And force feeding yourself food that isn't even culturally familiar just because some guru said it would help you get results is a setup for failure. When you are ready to get real results eating the foods that you already love, it's time to schedule your eating audit. Let me help you discover the tiny tweaks you need to make to get results from the foods you already eat every day. No more diet, no more falling off the wagon, just real lasting results with food you're actually going to be happy to eat after you reach your goal. Schedule your eating audit today at concedathomas.com slash audit. Hurry up, our introductory promo rate won't last forever, so schedule your audit now. If you've been wishing for fitness wear that was so comfortable that you would never want to take it off, yet fashionable enough to actually wear out for a night on the town, then you've got to check out my friends and sponsor Blessed Body Wear. Guys, they've got the goods. Once you try their squat pants, no other pants will do. I promise you, they're my absolute favorite. Visit blessedbodywear.com today and use promo code NOFUSS, N-O-F-U-S-S, to save on your order. 